0: Welcome to Crime on Prime Time. I'm your host, Kendi Huseman, with my three best friends and co-hosts.
1: Best friends, huh?
0: Are you going to introduce yourself, or are you just going to say... I'm (laughs) Malik. I'm Aaron. And I'm Taylor. So, Crime on Prime Time, let me explain it. Every week, we are going to break down a TV episode from some of our favorite primetime television cop procedure shows criminal minds svu cis ncis we are gonna hit them all and tell the stories behind some of those episodes whether they're based on them or just share similar similarities between them but let's start off malik do you have a question for us before we dive right into it
1: i do have a a question hit us So it has to do with superpowers so It's which power you want to choose, but there's a drawback to each power. So the first one is you can fly, but you can only fly as long as you can hold your breath. And then the second one is you get like energy blasts, essentially, but only when you're around a large power of energy. So I guess like around a telephone pole or any sort of electricity and then telekinesis, but it's only up to a thousand pounds. You can see the future, but you can't change it death touch, but you can't turn it off. And then the last one is intangibility so you can walk through things or allow things to pass through you, but if you lose focus at any point in time, it gets cut off. So if you try to walk through a wall and you lost focus, you'd just be stuck in the wall forever, basically. Shit. So out of those powers and drawbacks, which one would you rather have.
2: Alright, so flying was you gotta hold your breath. I
0: would Definitely, I think, choose to find.
2: That's seems- fine. I can't
0: hold my breath. I can't hold my breath. I mean, i <laughs> if you can still just take, well, yeah, I didn't, I
1: didn't want to I thought about of, that like, one more. the ocean, and you fuck around, lose your breath, and then you're in the middle of the ocean.
0: You just swim, take little bitty steps at a time, you
1: know? e can't swim, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. I would, I think I would choose the telekinesis one. What's What's the drawback?
1: Um, up to a thousand pound limit. That's so we, fine. So we all agree
2: death
0: touches out. Right. That means I could kill someone, right? Yeah. yeah. But you can't turn it on, so you can't touch yes. it. That's like Rogue from X-Men, essentially, is what you're saying.
2: We all agree that one's out, right? That, one, that one's out. Yeah, that one's out. Yeah. It's between that one or what was the
0: last one? Wait, that one as in telekinesis?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Big word. But... The last one is you can see the future, but you can't change it. What was the
2: other one that you can go through walls?
1: And tangibility. So you mm-hmm. can go through walls, but if you lose focus at any point going through that wall, then it, you would be stuck in the wall forever.
2: It's between those two. It's between those two for me. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Taylor, what are you thinking? Did
1: she choose Flying. I think I'd I'd rather just have the the intangibility. I like to walk through shit.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too.
0: See, I want focus. I think telekinesis, because like, when am I going to move something that's like over a thousand pounds?
2: No, if I could walk through something, and let's say like I'm holding hands with somebody, could they go there? Could they go through it with me?
0: Are you going to risk them getting stuck?
1: Let's let's go let's go with yeah, but yeah, you risk them getting stuck too. Well, at least I'll be stuck with somebody. Nah, you'll be dead. You'll be stuck in a wall of cement. Wasn't that there...
0: Was oh. Wait, wasn't there another one besides, like, the death touch and telekinesis? It was,
1: was the
2: Fuji one.
0: No, the energy but blast. The energy blast. What was that?
1: You can just, like... It's kind of more really, like, some superhero stuff. So, like, you can shoot blast energy at people, but you have to be around large power sources. Seems yeah, like no, a reward thing for me. Not
2: necessary. Yeah, I'll I'm probably do, I'll probably be with I'm on the same boat as Malik. I'll probably do the ones that I can go through objects.
0: Okay, I'm sticking with telekinesis. Taylor, what are, what are you thinking here? I'm still thinking the flying.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and the fly. Taylor's good.
0: I want to go places.
1: Taylor, just gonna try and fly over something.
0: I'll, what is I'll practice. I don't know. I don't I time myself. I'll have yeah, to practice. Okay, oh, hey, wait. I'm with Taylor. Like, you hold your breath, you let go of your breath, but then you hold it again. It's just like swimming. No, yeah. Why are you
2: <clears throat> like that?
0: What?
1: But think about where you're gonna try and go. Where are you gonna get in two minutes of flight?
0: And wait, Taylor. Where you are you trying to go? To come see y'all.
1: Oh. You're not going to make it here in two minutes of eating well, no. bread. But
0: message. it's still going to be faster than driving.
2: That is. But you're going to be able to hold your breath for about two hours, three hours?
0: Yeah, I'll drink. No, I'm not going to. I don't <laughs> know, guys. Y'all, this is a hard question. Why <laughs> Taylor alone with her pigs? Pig. Too many options. She's sticking with flying.
1: I'm sticking with going through objects. That's my that's my goal. Don't worry, I have more superpowers for y'all to pick from next time.
0: Okay, I'm excited.
2: If we had teleportation, that would be my. That's the one uh, power I would want. Handy.
1: I've seen one of those. I. It's all I sound like because I, I just don't remember the drawback to it. But if there was a teleportation. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll have that ready for
0: you. That would be cool. Save yeah. a lot on flying.
2: Watches when like you can only go twenty yards or some (laughs) shit. Hey, what?
0: Okay, so let's get into this week's episode. We watched Law and Order SVU episode or season twenty episode twenty. Now I think it's safe to say that Law and Order SVU is probably the only TV show we've all seen.
1: See, because it's the best one.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we all absolutely love it. I mean, I
1: re- the girl that plays Olivia has the longest running character and like, what's the worst word for it? TV history, something like that. Yeah, history.
0: Interesting, I didn't know that. She like, but the, like the whole show, like none of it has gone old. Like with Grey's Anatomy, no. I was done after season 10. Like, it was over it. It was everything was repeating itself. But this one, I just feel like I could keep watching it forever.
1: Yeah. 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 Crimes coming out. Yeah, it it's always something different. different. And then I feel like for like the first maybe 15 seasons, they were just random episodes. And then they finally kind of started to link together. So then. Yeah.
0: Like a storyline like, like, oh, with shit. them. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like that there's not like a lot of character drama that's like seen in a lot of TV shows. Like they don't. Like, that's oh, true. there's always like that running line that like oh, maybe Olivia and Elliot will get together, but it's not, like, played up more than the crime is. It's just, like, subtle things yeah. here and there. So, like, the drama level is ideal. It's like the spice. Yeah. It's but it's not the focus. Yeah. I just remember when me and Taylor lived at Angelo Place, and, every, like, on Sundays, they would show... Like a marathon of Law & Order SVU. And we sit there and do our homework on Sundays and watch. Like all day. Watch, Yeah, we should watch, watch yeah. SVU all day on Sunday. I was doing my homework. It was perfect. And I hung over on Saturday from Saturdays, so sit at home on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. But now it's, I feel like Malik and A-Rod text me all the time, but they never add context. Y'all never are like, so I watched this episode of SVU. What do you think about this? Like one day Malik just texts me, so this guy from college <laughs> raped the girl, but the girl fakes it. I don't even remember what the scenario was, but he oh, didn't lead with, I'm watching SVU. What do you think? He led with, a guy raped a girl in college. And, and all were like, "Out of in college. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, like,
1: I said the girl should have went to jail. It was, it was very out of context.
0: Yeah. Well, you would say isolated. so. I'm sure well, he was <laughs> like, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, I guess it's when you, I think you were still at Angela, so I was like, do I know these people? Is there some drama going on? Like, what's happening? Who's getting what? raped?
1: The episode really had me messed up, man. She shouldn't have went to jail, I t- I
0: don't even, what episode were you talking? It was, the, like, the porn. He said, I found
2: it. He said, a college girl makes false rape accusation. Uh, college girl gets pissed off since it ruined his life. Girl tries to apologize and the guy.
1: Rapes her for real for the second time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it was.
0: With no context. It was just like boom. Rape scenario. What's your thought?
1: <laughs> Kenzie said yeah, you
2: just can't open with rape.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need a little more context there. My bad. But then A-Rod's always texted me about Creasy and Rollins' relationships, I feel like. So, yeah. So, SVU, I'm not going to lie. I said I did a number generator, but I made it land on an SVU episode because I was like, we got to open strong with our first episode. We've got to do an SVU episode. It's, like, the most known TV show for being based on real events. I think Law & Order as a whole tries to be... Based on true events, I know that they started doing like, they came back with the original Law and Order, like just Law and Order, and they've already like done an episode that mimics like the Murdoch trials. If you've been following already that. did, Didn't yeah, they? they've already covered that. So like they're definitely known for being based on like stories that are happening in the media. So we started off strong. Let's let's recap Law and Order SVU episode tw- or season twenty episode twenty, the Good Girl. So it opens with um Mackenzie, the main the main victim, physically assaulting her stepfather. Then we have then it's revealed at the hospital that she's thirteen and pregnant. And all I've gotta say there is that this actress does not look thirteen is all I'm saying. No, yeah, she didn't. <laughs> I was like yeah. I know, I didn't look like that at thirteen. So <laughs> I was like, No, you can't convince me that she's thirteen, but that I mean Regardless, if she was 16, it's still wrong. Um, Yeah, So then we have Angela, the mom. We learned that she died, you know, years before, and she was only married a short time to this dude. Yeah. And then I wrote in my notes, this actress doesn't even look 13. So that's where that first came from. (laughs) And then my first claim was, a guy she met at Whole Foods, and it was one time in the car, he didn't force her. That's what that girl first said when they were like, Hey, you're thirteen and pregnant. Where did this come from? Guy at Whole Foods. Um
2: He says blue DMW blue B and W too. Yeah. But he jobled blue B and W.
0: That's kind of a lot of detail for a witness. Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> but also what thirteen year old is shopping at Whole Foods. And also at how often do you actually talk to people at the grocery store or Whole Foods? No. Yeah. So, let yeah. me find out that she has this secret Instagram account, which we all know is a Finsta. Yeah. And she's found with two boys kissing her with the caption, Send nudes. This sent me back a few years. So I was like, who even says that? No. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> if all we're not 13, can be- <laughs> I guess that's a good point. But send nudes, I was like in the era of like, I don't know, 2015 to 2017 was when that was like a big deal. The big thing. Yeah. So then there was middle school gossip says that the theater teacher shows McKenzie special attention and drives a blue BMW. Mr. stood mm-hmm. So, could be the theater teacher. So, the stepdad refuses to let the officers take DNA for paternity test. He's like, it's not me yeah um it's definitely the theater teacher who's to yeah so the episode has this underlying conversation about using the court to violate a minor's privacy because they're like wait okay i don't actually remember they were like should we take the the baby's dna and risk the pregnancy or should we not right
1: yeah, and they didn't want to like put her through the trauma again.
2: Yeah, they didn't want to put her on blast, and potentially if the dad was a teenager, they didn't want to put him on blast either.
1: Yeah, or if he, or if the dad was the teacher and him claiming certain rights for the baby when they could just pretend not to know, and then they could just yeah. take care of the baby on their own. Was, mm-hmm. there, was there a cover-up story, which is a pretty good cover-up story.
0: And this was, like, the whole conversation between Olivia and Amanda, the whole show, where Olivia implied that she had an abortion, and then Amanda was pissed when she was, like, you implied you had an abortion. And she's, like, no, I didn't. And Amanda was, like, well, that's what you, like, implied. Yeah. That was what was implied there. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, like, that was, like, a whole thing, like, an underlying issue in this thing was that Olivia had, like, an abortion. So then, Mackenzie told the stepdad, Garrett, it was the theater teacher, and Garrett killed him, and was caught at the scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, which like we'll talk about this when we know when we get through this. But like, you have to know. We'll just get to it because I just found that so dumb. So the lawyer has been in a lot of things. I don't know why I wrote that. I wrote it with a question. Oh, the actor. The actor, the lawyer, has been in a lot of things. He's, he's been on a lot of TV
1: shows. The defense lawyer.
0: No, the defense attorney. I've seen him in so many things. I forgot yeah. his name, but he's like kind of a famous actor. That's yeah, I don't remember his name. I've,
1: I've seen been. him
2: before. Yeah.
0: Um. So the stepdad was claiming he went over to talk, and emotions got the better of him. And oops, I accidentally killed him. Classic. So a man approaches the par- prosecutor, Stone. And I was kind of upset that Stone didn't last long in this TV show because I actually really liked him. But Stone informs that the theater teacher, that he's the theater teacher's fiancé, and that the theater teacher was gay, and he was working at a Catholic school, so he had to keep it a secret. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, like, clearly did not rape this girl. So this is what I'm going to say. Well, I guess we're not there yet. Okay. keep it in (laughs) kids this is just what makes me mad about the whole (laughs) he
2: even said like on the trophy even says like lgbtq like bowling league
0: yeah yeah okay so we'll just like get to it because this is what really pisses me off so then i have a quote that says if he didn't know i would if he didn't know i was lying quote they quoted that in the show. I don't know why I read that, but he didn't. If he didn't know I was lying, okay. So then it was revealed on court that Mackenzie and Garrett were married in Missouri a year mm-hmm. after the mom died.
2: Yep, and yeah. she was six months pregnant after they got married.
0: It was a year after.
2: Yeah, after she died.
0: Yeah, and then six months, six months after, after she, after
2: she died, died was. No, six months after they got after married, the marriage.
1: Okay, you all think they were having relations before the mom died. Oh, absolutely! Exactly. I, I do too.
0: I like, he, yeah, her. I don't know. That grooming her exactly—that's what I would say. Yeah, it's just gross. Like, did at that point, did you marry the mom, or did you marry the mom to get close to the girl? To get closer to the girl. Mom. Yeah. yeah. So in Missouri, apparently, you can get married under sixteen if you have permission from a blood relative. Did now, you know that that was a thing? I don't. You know what, I, mean, I didn't...
1: Back. In, like, some places, I didn't yeah. know it was a thing in yeah. street specifically.
0: I didn't know that was even a thing, like, anywhere. I, I guess I never really had thought about it a whole lot, either. You know what? Well, I, I actually, I was surprised Texas. by that. I think I knew this was a thing in Texas. Yeah, because I've known that in Texas. Texas. Yeah, I it think... I, I don't
1: know if it still is or not.
0: I think it is, because I've known somebody to get married at 16.
1: I was gonna say, you can get married at 17. With
0: the parents. have To get permission? Yeah, they had the parents' permission. So I like guess I, you hear about it more at like sixteen rather than uh, thirteen. Well, and I think it's because you get pregnant then too, and they're like, "You can't have this baby out of wedlock." That's yeah, that's true. true. I mean, even though
1: you already been having that 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 sexy time, but
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think you <laughs> can in any state, almost at least in Texas. Okay. I I okay. think you can do that. It's as long as you have like a parent's permission or a blood relative. I guess it makes sense. I guess they in this. I, it, Anyways, don't worry. Okay. Well, do my point. So then, obviously, let's see if I wrote this down. Okay, so then I wrote down the quote because I liked it so much. Are you stuck on stupid? Classic line. Amanda Rollins is my hero. She said that in the show and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Are you stuck on stupid? St- I'm, st- I'm going to start saying that. Uh, me too. Did uh, you also say that to uh, the dad? Yeah, I yeah, because she went over to the the blood dad, her biological dad, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Oh, and so that was okay. my next point. So she went over there and was like, "You sign the papers for your 13 year old daughter to get married. Are you stuck on stupid? Something like that. It was kind of
2: funny. Yeah, he's a piece of junk. And we offered him um, ten thousand to sign
0: ten thousand to sign it. To sign it. Yeah. Also, ten thousand I feel like is not enough, idiot. You could have asked for so much more.
1: Now being he st- didn't care though. Ten thousand really isn't that much. No,
2: no, it's, it's not. he's was trying to get a high.
1: Yeah,
2: let to say high. he needed anything
0: at that point. So, yeah. So that was my next point was that Garrett paid the biological dad ten thousand to sign the marriage certificate, and that's how they were able to get married. So the family court upheld the marriage, and they were like, "No, this is legal." This is the Yeah, sad. I can't. Good to go. The court ruled that the marriage status cannot be brought up during the murder trial, which was wild to me. Was I agree. Because that plays a big part in it. Yeah, that you can't say, oh, by the way, they're married. But, I mean, I get that, you know, there's a law that, like, spouses can't testify against each other. Like, their spousal yeah. privilege. But it's wild that you couldn't even bring up the fact that, oh, they're married.
1: I always thought yeah. that's dumb that spouses can't testify against each other. I don't understand. Why not?
0: I guess because there's like, I mean, I kind of get it. Because like, what if I tell my husband something? But also, I wonder if it's a choice. Like, what if I choose to testify? Can I choose to testify against well, him? Well, yeah,
1: you can choose to testify against them, but you can't be forced to.
0: You can't be forced to. See, that makes sense to me. Like, I, yeah, that makes sense, I think.
1: I mean, I guess it makes sense, but that's, like, what if I I kill someone in front of my wife or whatever? I'm like, hey, don't testify against her. You know, obviously she loves me, so she doesn't want to. But crap, man, I killed someone.
0: But, like, how much man, does she love true. you that she's not going to testify? Because, like, I love okay. Dalton, but if he killed someone, I'd be like, look, bro, you have to go to jail. This was, this was wrong. Like, I love everyone, you, see, but, like, everyone, you can't just every, murder someone. Everyone
1: should be like that. But the the we don't have to be like that.
0: That's true, and a lot of people aren't like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, but I That's get that, that too. Law is law. there? <laughs> Sadly, that law is there. I don't know.
1: especially if it's like critical, where the only person you saw was the significant other. I think they should be forced to. Which I think you or- can make appeals to where they are forced to.
0: It's kind of a situation for me because I just I feel like I understand why you can't force. Cause what if it's not like he did it in front of you? What if he's just like telling you these things? Like what if he's just saying like, just like casual conversation and Yeah, oh Mom, I did this. Like what if this person just they annoy me so much I could kill them? And then they're gonna force me to testify even though I know my husband the most, and that was a joke.
1: Am I yeah. <laughs> If they <laughs> told me that casually, I would think they were they were a little bit off the rockers. If they just casually told me they did something that's against the law, I don't know something severe like killing someone or raping someone. Whore. Yeah, Maybe.
0: yeah. Saw so like, cuz That was yeah, very weeks
1: ago, and just kept eating their freaking spaghetti. I, they, yeah, they got to go. Yeah,
0: yeah no. kids, that's sauce. a very serious thing. This pasta sauce looks like this guy killed. Looks like his blood. See, you oh, have the choice. You have the choice to be like, "Oh, I'm going to testify against him because you said this." But I don't think you should force a spouse. Like, what if I just want to be like, I have no, no idea. What if it's like BTK spouse? I don't really know that much dt like details about the BTK. But obviously, he murdered people. But he had this whole family on the side. Yeah. So what if I was the spouse and I didn't know he was doing these things? I don't want to be a part of it. Leave me out of it. I don't want to just test. convict him as you will. Yeah, without me. Have the. the f-
1: That's fair. That's fair. I understand. Like, if you don't really know too much about what's going on. But if you know, or if you have like the slightest, like.
0: That's on the person, though. That's not. That I long. think that's just human morals. Yeah. Yeah. At okay. that point, I don't know. It's a very iffy subject. Yeah. So. It changes with each scenario. So. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of person. I'm still not yeah. convinced though that they can. Because I feel like that spouse will. I don't know. Let's just go on. Okay. So they could reversed and charged McKenzie for lying to Garrett and causing the murder of the teachers, they're like, you know what? Bitch, it's your fault that he died because you told him that it was that guy's baby. Where and she knew that was going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: She knew her stepdad was going to go after whoever she said it was. But my whole thing is like, this is what I was annoyed about before we got to the surprise that they're married or whatever. He had to know that was his... They were married, so what? Oh, yeah. he, he thought had he was, like, cheating? Like, that she was so, cheating on him with the theater teacher?
1: I feel like the whole thing was a setup. Like, yes, older, like, I agree. Know, well, or I want to know. know truth, technically. So, after, what is it?
2: After the officers came to the theater, uh, the theater teacher, he went to Mac and asked her, like, he knew about it already. So yeah,
0: that he, was yeah. the whole thing. Was that he knew the situation? Yeah, he knew so the
2: secret. Like they just lied. Like, I feel like they lied about like all. Oh, like he's the one who got it pregnant. He they probably just tried to like hush him up.
0: Oh, to cover it up so that yeah
1: he could. Well, so the bar? you say that at the end of the episode, the husband says that he kills him because essentially because he doesn't trust that he won't say
0: anything. Oh yeah, that yeah. was my next point. Yeah. Was that it was revealed that Mackenzie. Said that, told the teacher that, and that he told him so that he couldn't talk. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that makes more sense because in my head,
1: you know, she's a very unstable teenager, but so is he. He's very unstable too.
0: But or is old. she unstable because her mom? She's thirteen. Her mom died, and her her step ta- dad started all within two years. Yeah. Her mom yeah, like she got married. Was she, was she stable before then? I mean, is it her fault? She's. Although she doesn't look 13, she is 13. Yeah,
1: It's definitely trauma built on more trauma.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, also, like, what age do you get to where you know the right and wrongs?
0: Yeah. And it, it's different for everybody. Especially at that age, if a man was like, I love you, you're beautiful, for, like, a girl to get, like, that much attention, you would do anything he said. Like you're just so boy crazy and like I've got this like you're not really thinking about like this is my stepdad.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they offered him man one oh. for twenty years and then the other judge or the other laurels like, but the max is twenty five is a well if you want I could throw in statutory rape with it and me even more. And so I guess they took it and then Olivia hits him with a great line. Get this douche out of here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is absolutely insane. It is. There's a lot of twists and turns to the story, too. I mean, for someone... Because I'm still convinced he married the mom to get to the daughter. And that's, like, commitment. That's a lot, yeah. To like go that far to get to the do I mean obviously but and what was his plan if the mom didn't die? Like did he wow. know she was gonna die? How did- what I did, did she die of?
1: Yeah. It I don't was think like he could.
0: A cancer or a sickness or something. Yeah, it was like natural.
1: Whatever they like were taking care of her properly and she they kinda of tried to kill her on purpose.
2: Yeah. I don't know. But how old was Mackenzie when they got married? Like they she had to
1: be at least ten. I think that I think she was 13.
0: Yeah, so. she was 13. This all happened within a relatively like 12, 13, right there. Yeah. Wow. Fast. Like the mom died, they got married, she got pregnant. Kind of all like fast. Very fast. Yeah. Like uh, sketchy fast. I mean, you shouldn't be married a 13 year old. So the whole thing is sketchy. No, you shouldn't. But oh. also, like, the aunt, why
2: didn't the aunt take mackenzie
0: but the aunt couldn't have known he married her
2: no but why are you gonna now why are you gonna leave her live with her stepfather who she's only known for a, like a year It I made mean, it may just seem like the aunt
1: gave up pretty easily yeah
0: i don't know i mean i would also like as the aunt you're like okay my sister picked this guy to love and to cherish he hasn't shown any sketchy signs Like, why not? Well, and he probably did it. He was probably a charmer. And that's why he got away with it. So she didn't see anything wrong with it. She's like, okay, like, my sister trusted him enough to marry him. So, like, why can't I?
1: True. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe he did wait until after the the mom was dead and then started kind of grooming. Maybe you kind of sent him into some trouble.
0: Or maybe the grooming started while they were married, but it played off as, like, sweet stepdad, but the sexual relationship Maybe started after, the after mom home. died the stepdad wanted the mom back and mackenzie was the only thing that reminded him of her uh, did I say that, that, that correctly that makes sense yeah too. that could be yeah. true too but also and it could be a grief thing like mackenzie could have done it and then so mackenzie like, was just uh she was just yeah like you said earlier 15 so like year old girl that wanted the attention yeah so like and, and she shouted it out of track. Track. she was like yeah. i'm sad this For is my... of them, Yeah, Yeah, so maybe it's like a grief thing? Maybe
1: yeah. they're both just need help.
0: Okay, so... That's true. What if I told you that this was based on a true story? No way. This happened, and we're alive. Okay, so... The weak way. <laughs> so, does anyone know the story that this episode is based off of?
1: No, okay, it's telling you the story.
0: Okay. So I am going to tell you the story of Rosalind McGuinness's survival. This is we're starting this podcast off strong with not a murder, but a survivor. All right. Let's hear. Let's get into it. So Rosalind McGinnis was born on May fourteenth, nineteen eighty four, to parents Michael and Gala. Michael was a construction business he owned a construction business and gala was his secretary so they were living happy so Rosalind, she had this red curly hair blue eyes she started playing the violin at just age three she was an honor roll student she had dreams of going to college she wanted to be a vet but she also wanted to teach violin lessons to kids. So she really loved the violin. She really had a lot going for her. Just an overall great kid. Um, she had a couple of brothers, and the family lived in this two story home near a park in Springfield, Missouri. So after her father, Michael, he was no longer in the picture. So it's just the mom and the three kids. And the mom met a man named. Okay. So. I did this research a while ago. I think when I did this research, they named, they pronounced his name Han, in, Henry Payette? It looks like Henry. Henry Payette. I'm going to call him that. That may be wrong, but we're just going to go with it because he sucks and it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> she oh. she makes this man named Henry Payette. While they were handing out neighborhood watch flyers this is going to come back as very ironic that they were that they met handing out neighborhood watch flyers because it was the 80s so a lot of shit was going on during the 80s you know and they had to look out for their kids so and he like lived a few blocks over and he had sons of his own so he seemed like a really cool man both want to protect their children both want to be a part of the community they kind of just like hit it off so the two started dating but shir- shortly after they started dating, Fayette started molesting Rosalind at only ten years old in 1995. So the first incident, he came into her bunk bed one night and started touching her. Um, Bugs okay. bunk bed. So were there other kids in the room? You know, none of my research said, but I kind of had that same thought. Was like, were there others? In this room, if she was just in yeah, room. while that was happening, okay. And Rosalind, her said, Rosalind herself said that, like, she remembers him leaving the room, but she thought it was like just a dream. Like, was kind of in like that groggy state of like, did that happen? Was it a dream? What's what's going on? Also, she's ten, so she's she probably didn't know what was happening anyway. Yeah, she. But she realized what happened when it happened again. Careful so, Payette started moving the family, his, hers, theirs, to varying states. Arizona, Oregon, Montana, Texas, Guatemala, um, just to name a few. Um, and, you know, after the fact, it's presumed that he did this so that they weren't near Gayla's family that also lived in Kansas City. It's all a part of that When you have an abuser, you know, they say they like the first thing they try to do is isolate you so that you can't reach out, get help. No one can see what's actually going on. So they kind of thought it was like part of that. Like he was trying to isolate her. So they finally settled in Wagner, Oklahoma. Now, I absolutely hate Oklahoma. And that's just a side note.
1: Me too. Me too. It's a horrible place. It sucks.
0: So they settled in Wagner, Oklahoma. And the abuse just got worse. He was physically assaulting Gail Gayla and the children for any reason, and continued to molest Rosalind, so it, he's definitely escalating there here. so Gayla took the children and fled back to her mother's in Missouri. but a few weeks a few weeks later, Payet went to Missouri and brought the family back to Wagner and they say. You know, as an abuse victim, it takes you, like, on average seven times to leave your abuser because of, like, the emotions behind it. Like, you're emotionally tied to that person. They probably started with, I love you. He probably started out as a good man. She probably didn't know about his molestation of Rosalind yet. So it takes, you know, he probably went back there and was like, listen, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen again. I love you. I love the kids. I'm going to provide But it takes, like, on average, they say, seven times for you to leave your abuser before you can, like, really break that tide. So, in 1996, at the age of 11, back in Wagner, Pia Pia forced Rosalind to marry him in the back of a van with his 15-year-old son named Tobias acting as the priest and the witness, and he even went as far as giving Rosalind a ring but a short time after this quote-unquote wedding he officially married Rosalind's mom but so it was after yeah he married the mom after he quote-unquote married the daughter Okay, Okay. but at that age at 11 you're like okay I'm married right Mm -hmm.
1: She might as well be playing princess. She's the new
0: Yeah, and this fifty-year-old son's going on, but also remember he's an abuser to all the children and Gala. So his his son's just making sure that he appeases his father to not get beat. But he marries the mom legally in a short time after, or sometime at the end of nineteen ninety six. Beginning of 1997, Gayla once again fled from Pai after suffering more abuse. And she and the kids landed in a shelter in Patow, Oklahoma. So again, she's done. This is the second time. She's, you know, I don't deserve this. And this is where we kind of get into the wild part. So she and the kids, including Rosalind, are not with Henry at this time. But on, June, on January 31st, 1997, Rosalind left the school that she was attending and got into a gray pickup with the man. And this was all the police know and reported. At that time, she did not make it home and she was kidnapped. So the McGinnis family would search for Rosalind and make flyers. They reported, you know, try to reach out to the media, to a child to child search ministries they kind of like figured it was Payette that took rosalyn on that day um but they searched for her for weeks but they finally stopped just before her 13th birthday which is on may so they searched months for her and they tried all the avenues they could but then they could just not find her um and they would not see their daughter or sister for 22 years after that yeah, this girl. This is a, just twenty-two like, years. She was yeah. gone. Twenty-two years. She okay. survived, okay. and she made it out.
2: So she was what? Wait, when...
0: what was she in her thirties?
2: Yeah, by the they found after that, twenty-two years.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. So she would have been found in like twenty. You said ninety-seven, so like twenty-seventeen. Yes, wrong math yeah no that's okay. right yeah she was okay yeah that's how wow it's kind of a recent it started a while ago because like i was born in 97 so i wasn't born when she went missing but by the time she was found i was already out of high school wow okay yeah so this is like an incredible sir like story of like endurance um yeah and what she had like to go through So this is not a great guy So, the man, let's go back to that day, January 31st, 1997. So, from what we know, like, from the family's point of view, she got into this great pickup, never seen again. From Rosalind's point of view, the man in the van was Tobias, the son. And he told Rosalind that they were going to go get the mother and the brothers, but instead he kept driving to a motel in Tulsa to meet Payette. So, the stepdad sent him to go pick her up and bring her back to him once at this motel um henry dyed her hair black gave her glasses and gave her a new name um and over the course of all these years she went by several different names Rosalind, stephanie and christina he also told her that if they were caught that she would be sent to a mental institution because she allowed the molestation on all this to happen to her. So it was her fault. So she, he gaslit her into thinking, you can't say anything. Or else we're going to get in trouble. And at that age, she believed it. As you would. Yeah, at that age. You know, that sounds absolutely terrifying. She probably still doesn't understand, like, a healthy concept of, like, sex... And Or any of that. So, you know, she's probably thinking, oh, yeah, I'll get in trouble um, for that. So during this time, Payette moved her all over the country, never staying in one place for more than three months at a time. And he cr- even crossed the border into Mexico several of times. So he was just moving her everywhere and anywhere um, to not get caught. But he would risk going back to Oklahoma just for her to leave letters for her family, telling them that she wanted to leave and that she was happy and not to look for her. Um, Which, like, you know, obviously, in the 80s, like, with cops and stuff, that's, like, once you see that, you're not looking for her anymore. You're like, hey, 11, 13, she wanted this. Let her be happy. It's the 80s. Um... But the abuse just, I mean, it just continued, but also, like, heightened. It was, like, no longer just sexual abuse, but he emotionally and physically abused her, too. At the age of 13, she was pregnant and had a miscarriage during this time. And Payette made Rosalind handle the fetus himself. Because, obviously, he wasn't going to risk taking her to, like, a hospital or anything. Um, And again, at 13, like... You're not going to, you're not going to understand what's going on. Like, I don't know if he explained to her, like, oh, you're pregnant and now you're not pregnant or, I mean, that is, that in and of itself has to be.
1: She She's almost robotic. She just does what she's told, essentially. And no yeah. so different.
0: I mean, yeah, it almost has to be like a survivor thing. Because, like, I mean, there's no way out. So you have to think like that to even be able to, like, not break down completely. But that, it, like, I don't know. That's one of the most traumatizing parts of this story to me is that, like, he, he made her take care of the fetus. Yeah, that's very traumatizing. At the age of 13, yeah. Yeah. And to even, like, if, even, like, if she, did she even understand what was happening at that point? I would say so he uh, moved Rosalind to Mexico permanently where they stayed in tents shelters um, with their floors never staying anywhere long but they were never living in anything that resembled a true home it was everything was not great living situations and Rosalind had her first child successfully had her first child a boy at the age of 15. Um and she would go on to have eight more children fathered by Payette. And, and I never with any sort of childbirthing professional. So she gave birth to nine children on her own in Mexico. That's intense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So like I don't know. Like guess that alone I could not imagine having to go through. No, definitely not. No. Because if I ever had a child I will be asking for an er- epidural as early as I can, oh yeah,
1: it meets drugs me skin
0: <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah, that in and of itself is like incredible that she was able to do that um, but during this time of the family of you know nine children living in Mexico, Payette's drinking just became very heavy, and his abuse not only was turned to Rosalind but also the children. Um. So overall, just like a really shitty guy, and he would hit the children with almost anything and everything. He sexually abused some of the girls, and constantly told the children that if it wasn't for their mother, that they would be dead. By his jeez. But during this time, Rosalind never told her children like their story or how they got into the circumstance. She never told her children that she was um, kidnapped and they were being held hostage, you know. uh, She didn't want them to carry around, like, that baggage or that damage that she felt. I mean, she cared for her children, she loved them, and she just wanted to be there for them, so she just decided to let them believe that this was kind of normal and didn't tell them that the situation that they were in, that she was kidnapped.
1: Well, it's like a smaller version of the polygamy ranch, kind of where they don't realize they're being abused, and then the the wife or whoever was there at the beginning of the, be- the abuse doesn't want her kids to know. She wants them to think that's the normal, and whatever the best part of the abuse is, that's the best part, I guess. I shouldn't yeah. say best part of the abuse. Whatever is the happy time. Whenever they're not getting beat, I guess, or getting abused, that's considered a, a, the happiest time possible. And then whenever right. they are getting abused, it's essentially the median. It's not bad, but it's just being in the middle.
0: Yeah. she. It kind of reminds me of The Room with, like, Brie Larson. I never really saw the movie, but I kind of, like, know the premise where, like, she was kind out have the baby or whatever and raised this child in, like, just a room and kind of, like, would teach the child and, like, help them grow and develop, but kind of made this, like, oh, this is normal just so that they wouldn't feel that baggage on them it's kind of the same thing i don't know about the polygamy ranch i'm gonna have to look into that
1: you should look into it it's pretty interesting if i remember right i think it's in texas i don't remember where in texas i'm pretty sure the polygamy ranch takes place in texas am i right taylor do you know
0: i don't know if i've ever heard of that one i know there was like the um church of the later day saints which was in el dorado Oh, yeah, does, that like, one has a whole like, documentary on Netflix. Is they that what you did for? Yeah. They stem from the Mormons. Yes. They're yes. like an offshoot. They're not the Mormons. Let me clarify for everyone I'm out the there. Link. They're not the Mormons, but they offshoot from the Mormons and they did terrible things. There's a whole documentary called like Father. Yeah, I don't I remember really what it's called. It is on Netflix. Like, yeah. The leader. Ones, the I, um, Go ahead, though. Now then, anyways, sorry. Yes, I know what you're talking about, Millie. The the Polygamy Ranch.
1: Yeah, it's the YS yeah. Ranch. Or for Zion yeah, yeah. Ranch. That's what. I mean.
0: know they had moved from Utah to Texas. Mm-hmm. I remember in college, Taylor, like I got kind of into troop Crime. I had no idea, and Taylor was like, "Oh yeah, there's like a whole cult that lives not far from here that like sometimes comes into town and wears like." These long dresses, and I was maybe like a sophomore or a junior, and I was like, why am I just now pining out about this? I need to I know I didn't more. know much about it either, because when they got raided, it was like 2011. I don't quote me on that. I don't know the exact year, I, but I, I, like, I sure. didn't know what was like happening, because I was, I mean, I was in seventh grade, I think, at the time, 2011, I don't know, in, somewhere around there, and I didn't even know what a cult was.
1: You're very close, Taylor. It was 2008 was when they raided it, and that oh, was southwest of San Angelo, and four miles. It was
0: right East, outside so. of El Dorado. Yeah, because yeah, right was... El Dorado. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I remember seeing this picture of the the ranch, and it was a, a Mormon deal or a Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, if you will.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, crazy. Anyway, so I, I took the story back to Rosalind and her situation so she had tried to flee before but each time he caught her and he punished the punishment was more horrific and nothing i read gave details and the details really don't matter and really should be said because i mean they were awful they were just absolutely awful i'm sure um but she really i mean she realized her situation the eldest son he eventually did run her away. Fleeing the abuse. And he left the family. Um, so during this time in Mexico. Rosalind would beg on the street. For money. She would sell homemade coffee. Honey. Ice cream. Anything she could do to provide for the family. Because any money Pia brought in. He used for his drug and alcohol addiction. Um, one day at the grocery store. Rosalind was trying to check out, she had, like, two baskets of groceries, all of these kids. Um, So, you know, it was, like, absolute chaos. Because I know for, like, my mom, me and my two brothers, we, she already, like, had a hard time with us at Walmart. And I remember constantly getting in trouble for acting, for misbehaving. She had eight children in two baskets. Going crazy. Um, She was trying to check out all these groceries. And the kids started talking to a couple behind them. And their names were Lisa, Lisa was an American, and Ian, and Ian was British. And they noticed that Rosalind was struggling to pay for all these groceries. And during, while she was, like, getting her business done, checking out, the children, you know, were talking to Lisa and Ian. And they had, like, mentioned that the cart full of meat was only for their father. That the kids and the mother, like, did not get to partake in, like, that food. Um, So they, like, paid for the groceries... And, you know, she introduced herself as Stephanie, and they started a friendship with the couple and the family. They're living in Mexico, so there can't have been, couldn't have been, like, many people that, like, spoke English. So I'm sure she was, like, just happy to, like, finally get to talk to someone outside of, like, Henry and the children and get to communicate. So Lisa and Ian, they said that the family and the children were always, like, barefoot, and they love to talk. And looking back, they're like, probably because they didn't get to do it at home. Uh, if they talked at home, they probably got, like, beat. Um, but even though Payette moved the family from Oaxaca, Lisa and Ian kept visiting. And when they not- when they visited, they noticed the living arrangements. They saw that the kids were sleeping on yoga mats. On concrete floors. Separated into three cubicles. So that's like. Three kids to. Three cubicles almost. Um. And the cubicles were like. Sizes of the closet. So they weren't very big. Um. They were skinny. And the children told Lisa and Ian. That Payette had told him. That he didn't love them. Um. And after Payette. And one time when the couple visited, Payeth slipped up and said he was 62. And Lisa and Ian were doing the math, and they started to, like, realize something was wrong with, like, Rosalind's a- age and his age. And so they called Rosalind up, and they were like, hey, if if you could get away, we'll help you Um, if you need it. Like, we're here for you. Um, but as I said before, when you're an abuse victim, and nothing was brought up by, about Stockholm at this point, and it, it doesn't sound like she really had Stockholm because she was trying to escape. She realized her situation was bad. But that's, like, a hard, a hard place to be as Rosalind. You were kidnapped at 13. This is essentially, like, the only life you know. You have eight kids with you. It's hard to just pick up and walk away with all of that. You don't know... You're in Mexico, so you don't really know anyone, anything, any place for help. That's a tough decision. Um, But after that phone call... This was when it really broke for Rosalind. She had this improvised gallbladder surgery. So she was recovering from gallbl- gallbladder surgery. Paya forced her to clean the house and beat her and it you know she finally had enough she was like i need to recover i need time he's not giving it to me i've had enough i'm gonna flee so one day he in 2016 he passed out while drinking also 2016 the story started in 1997 this is the year i graduated high school was 2016 and started college so that was 18 19 years um Payette passed out while drinking, Rosalind gathered her eight children, and with $150 she saved up, she held a taxi, she went back to Oaxaca, and to Lisa and Ian's. Once she was safely at Lisa and Ian's home, Rosalind just told them everything, the whole story, and she told them that her real name was Rosalind, um, and that Henry... Had, you know, kidnapped her when he was young. Um, Lisa, you know, this was a lot to take in. I'm sure you help someone out and this is not what you think is happening. Um, So she Googled Rosalind's name and all of the missing flyers that immediately came up. And I'm sure they're like, holy shit. So they came up with a plan. On what to do next. And so why Rosalind was gathering herself. Gathering information. Lisa and Ian took care of the children. Then, you know, they taught them to read. They taught them to write. Lisa was quoted saying. I have never made so much oatmeal. In my life. So Rosalind reached out. To the U.S. consulate. Who agreed to help. So Rosalind and the kids. Piled into the back of a fruit truck. To make the trip. Once there, the U.S. constant, we're like, just kidding, we can't help you. So this sent Rosalind into a, pra- into a panic because, like, I have, you know, these eight kids. I don't know any life outside of Henry Pitt. What am I going to do? So she contacted Lisa. Lisa was like, okay, girl, let me help you. So she contacted the National Center for Missing Children. And they were able to obtain a travel document for the family. Um, so it wasn't long until Rosalind was reconnected with her family in Kansas City after 19 years. Um, so she's readjusting to life. Obviously, it was not easy because she was kidnapped at the age of 13. So, how do you go from 1997 back into life at like 2016, 2017? Normally, with eight children. Um, and also, Payette was still out there somewhere. He had not been caught. So, there's this ever living fear with you of will he come back and what will he do if he finds me? So, almost a year later in 2017, Payette was caught trying to re enter the US and was extradited back to Oklahoma. He was found guilty on one count of kidnapping and one count of traveling with intent of, to engage in sexual relations with a juvenile, and sentenced to life in prison and to life and 360 months in prison. But he proclaims his innocence. He said that Rosalyn made the whole thing up and it was a lie, and nothing he did was wrong. You know, typical. Um and he at one of the like one of my sources was um a court document and it was his appeal to appeal for it, you know. He that he's innocent to appeal his conviction. Um so Rosalind and the children now live, you know, in a home. She wants to work on studying criminal law. JC Duggard. Do you know do you know who that is? Yes. Okay, she's like a famous like fam- famously she was infamously, I guess I should say she was like kidnapped and held hostage and you know, had a child during that captivity but was like able to free herself after I don't maybe like 19 or so years. I don't yeah, I don't know the whole how long it was, yeah. All the details I'm sure come up on an episode um But infamously, she is, like, a survivor of, like, kidnapping. And so she started this foundation for, like, other survivors. Um, So she has reached out to Rosalind to support her. And so they're, like, working together um, to get through it. Rosalind has said that she slowly, quote, I'll just quote it, Slowly, I'm replacing all the bad memories from such a young age with good memories. And that is the survival story of Rosalind McGinnis and the basis of our episode, Law and Order episode, season 20, episode 20, The Good Girl. So what do you think? Let me ask, like, the the true story compared to, like, the Law and Order episode. Similarities, differences, thoughts.
1: They definitely left a lot of stuff out as far as it being a bigger family, not just two people throughout the whole... Throughout the
0: whole. Yeah. I mean, the Law and Order episode definitely kind of made the girl look like
1: like she's got some fault in it in the Law and Order episode. Like it's kind of it's her fault too.
0: Like she's in love. Rosalind never seemed like she was in love. Yeah, they portrayed it in the Law and Order episode as Mackenzie chose to marry the stepdad because she was in love with him.
1: Yeah, they definitely give it some more. It's almost Mackenzie's fault that and we should in the first place.
0: We should just, like, say, for all of those listening, that we do not believe it is Kinsey's fault. It cannot be a 13-year-old's fault.
1: Oh, yeah. Not, not, not Kinsey's fault. Not blaming her. Whatsoever.
0: But the Law & Order episode did make it sound like she was fully aware of the situation and a participant. A willing participant. Whereas Rosalind just hated the whole nineteen, twenty-two years.
2: Also, they didn't. They didn't. He didn't kidnap her in the show, and take it to a whole another country. Like the real story did. Also true.
0: Yeah, and that was like a big part of that. Well, one because he could never be caught by the police, right? Like every criminal tries to flee to like Mexico. Honestly, lately I've been hearing a lot about criminals trying to flee to Costa Rica and that's, like, right before we went to Costa Rica and I was like, low-key Dalton. There's, like, a lot of, like, murderers.
1: Is there no extradition in Costa Rica or in Mexico?
0: Well, I think it's just harder to find you in Mexico. It's It's, it's harder to find Mm. you, yeah. I think there's extradition. I just don't think they can find you as easily once you cross the border. I don't know about Costa Rica but you know, like they found Baskin's husband, sure Carol,
1: Carol Baskin's,
2: Baskins. <laughs> husband because <laughs> she got Carol well, Baskin's husband.
0: What Um. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the premise between the show and the story are there. The stepdad married yeah, a thirteen-year-old. Premise is the same. Yeah. One of the 13-year-old um, was sexually active with the 13-year-old, if it was consensual or not consensual. Either way, the basis was still there behind that. And they got pregnant. Yeah.
1: That's kids, a lot of kids.
0: Nine kids. She had nine kids. Nine. One just oh, yeah. fled. oh
1: At what age did the first one
0: flee? He was 15. <laughs> And she was 15 when she had the first one, right? She was 13 and had a miscarriage. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just, like, can't fathom. I mean, you can go watch her give interviews. She gave an interview to Dr. Oz, um, about the ordeal. And she's, like, given interviews before. Lisa and Ian have given interviews about their experience. Um... But I just can't fathom this being your life for nineteen years. And you just go with it too. I mean, that's what else are you supposed to do when you have nine kids under the roof of this one abusive husband? And at the age of thirteen, you don't know anything like you don't know survival skills or skills to get you out of that situation as you would as you were older and just became like more aware Yeah. Of the dangers
1: being groomed to the extreme where you don't even realize that it's whatever's happening to you is bad
0: yeah i mean yeah it's just an insane story he's behind bars i'm sure his appeal won't go anywhere because who's ever gonna believe that she was lying that this whole thing was a lie um, and I can't imagine meeting her family. I mean, after like what, nineteen, twenty years, you you probably just assume the worst, right? Oh yeah. And I mean, all of a sudden they're like at your doorstep.
1: Yeah, I kinda wonder how did they find out? Did they show up at their doorstep tell something or did they see him on the news and was were like, That's my
0: No, she made uh, it back to the family through the missing impression or the Missing Wait a minute, let me look it up. Don't say it wrong. The National Center for Missing Children. And we're able to reconnect them. But any final thoughts? I nah, I don't have any. All right. So this was like a very fun first episode. Started off with a survivor that's always a good happy ending that Rosalind was able to make it back to her family these kids can have go on to have a somewhat normal life i mean there's going to be adjustment um but they're getting all the help they need there is a gofundme that Rosalind started to kind of just help her family get back on this their feet and i'll add that in the show notes um you know they They came with nothing. They had absolutely nothing when they made it back to her family. So they need all the help and support that they can get. So that link will be in the show notes with all of the other sources that I had, you know, used for today's story. And that brings me to announce next week's story. So if you're listening and like to follow along with the TV episodes that we are going to cover each week, I'll... uh, announce which one we'll cover for next week at the end of each show show so next week's episode it's gonna come from hawaii 50 season 6 episode 9 i've meant to look up this pronunciation i'm gonna try my best because they're all all the episodes are in hawaiian so i believe it's hana keike um i'll post the name on social media or um the show notes. Um but I absolutely love Hawaii Five O. Mick Garrett is just a hottie, so I'm excited for next week's episode. Taylor, if you haven't seen Hawaii Five I' have not. I'm God, five-0. you gotta watch it. Alex <laughs> Olohana is so hot.
1: I'm not in it for the hotties Come
0: <laughs> on, <laughs> just, motherly, just a Hey, I haven't said anything about the girls though, or the women. You gotta watch to find out. Yeah, so boys, have y'all watched Hawaii 50? Nope. Okay, well, this will be a fun one for all of us. Um, Hawaii 50, season six, episode nine, HANA KAK. And with that, we are gonna sign off. This is Crime on Prime Time, and thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. See you next week.